Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. As you're turning there, I want you to understand that uh, it's vitally important to understand that in order to dominate, we have to get back into our right mind. You see, I, I need you to understand that you're thinking not Satan, has you bound. A lot of times we blame on Satan, which is a product of our thinking. And so the way we think are the things that are getting us in trouble, not Satan. Satan doesn't have you bound. Your thinking does. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, how many of you know when God says something, things happen? Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness and let them, everyone say them. He's talking about us. Have dominion. Everyone say dominion. Dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle and over over all the earth. How much authority did God give you? Over all the earth. He goes on and says this. And every, every, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Pray with me now. Father, help. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. I want you to know this morning as we, as we talk about dominate and listen very closely that you are the sum total of the choices you made yesterday. Who you are right now is the product of the choices that you made yesterday. Where you are right now may not be where you want to be, but it is the result of what you've added or subtracted to your life. You can't blame anyone for where you're at. You are where you're at right now based on choices. Everyone say choices. You can blame your environment. You can blame your parents. You can blame your financial background. You can blame the things that have happened to you. But you need to understand ultimately you are a product of your choices. And I I need you to recognize that a a perfect example of this is found in the book of Luke chapter 15 of a young man that is born and raised in a great home. His father may not have been perfect, but he has a good family. And how do we we know this? We go a little CSI on this sucker. As you read the word of God in Luke chapter 15, you find that this son is being raised in a house where either the father is rich or he owns his own business because he's doing well enough that he has servants. Come on, somebody. So he's doing well enough that money is coming in. They own land and and there's a family business. And this boy gets to the point where he approaches his father without reading the, the message. You can go to Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 14 and read it for yourself. He comes to his father and says this, Dad, I want my inheritance now. In other words, I don't want to wait until you die. I want what's mine now. We kind of get what kind of a father this is just in the aspect of how his father responds. It it doesn't say he argues with them. It doesn't say he gets mad. I don't know what brought this along, but again, CSI, we don't hear any word about a mother through the whole story. 
And my belief, I might be jumping to conclusions, but my belief is that somewhere along the way, the mother died. Something happened to mom. And all of a sudden, it set this stable family into crisis. If you've ever experienced a death in a family, you've ever experienced a loss of a loved one, it throws the whole family into chaos. And the things that you were so sure of gets you questioning. I found myself not being, I had to make sure that I did not create a theology based on my experience after my daughter died of leukemia. I, I couldn't stop. And I read that God was good. I read that God was a healer. I read that God was able. And yet that wasn't my experience. But I cannot change my theology or my ideology to match my experience because my experiences will change. They will go up and down. And if you create thoughts or theology about who God is based on when you're up and then based on when you're down, it's going to be all over the place. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the son takes everything from his father and he goes off. And I think there's some clues that we could find as to why this happened. Something took place. The first thing I want you to, 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 to recognize is this. I believe that this young man changed his source. You, you, you know one thing about kids is that as they're young, they idolize mom and dad. They want to be with mom and dad. They're reaching out for mom and dad. My kids, it was always uppy. They wanted to be with me. They wanted to be with their mom. They, they, they had that relationship. But there gets a point in their life where they want to start doing their own thing. Anyone know what I'm talking about? They, they, they reach 13 years old, and by 13 years old, they know everything there is to know about the world and the universe. They got it down. In fact, scientists say that the, that, that the average human being will use between 6 to 8% of his brain capacity. A genius will use 8 to 10%. And I know y'all in this place right here that you are more than geniuses. You guys use maybe 12% of your brain. That means there's 88% of your brain that is doing nothing. And yet we get to a point in our lives where we know more than God. That the God that created the brain, that formed it, put it together, that we can only access 12% if you're really good, six if you're average. We only access a little, a percentage, a tithe of our brain. And yet we more, know more than the one that created the brain. Somewhere along the way, he changes his source. Somewhere along the way, he gets off track. Somewhere along the way, he finds himself having different, a different source, a different idea. And I want you to understand something that Miles Monroe said. He says this, there is nothing more powerful than an idea. Martin Luther King had an idea that all men were created equal, regardless of the color of their skin, that they should be judged by the contents of their character and not the color of their skin. He had an idea. 
Martin Luther, not, not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther had an idea that the church should have the ability to be saved by grace and not going through the ritualistics of religion. So he go to, went to the Catholic church and he nailed his disagreements with them on the door because they weren't listening to him. He wasn't trying to cause trouble, but what he was trying to do, he had an idea, he had a thought, and he was trying to share that thought. People are afraid of those that have ideas. Nothing is more powerful than an idea, but nothing is more important than the source of that idea. Where did it come from? And I need you to understand something. There, there, there are some thoughts that I've had in my life that I was like, oh, no, that ain't God. Don't look at me like that, you all religious folk. <laughs> oh, pastor, I can't believe. Shut up. <laughs> the difference between me and you is that I didn't do them. <laughs> oh, let me take some of them I did. I, got, I did do some of them. Wasn't always saved. <laughs> but I want, <laughs> want you to notice Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I've shared this before, but I want you to take a look at this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. You don't need to turn there. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, void, and in darkness. So we got the earth that God created. And I have a hard time with the scripture. I have a problem with it. Why? Because nothing God creates has chaos. Nothing God creates is dark. Nothing, uh, excuse me, I, I'm not talking about skin pigment, okay? I'm talking about as far as knowledge and revelation. But nothing that God does has no Form or identity. Yet when we see the heaven and earth created, we see the earth is without form, void, and in darkness. In other words, this, without form, there were no boundaries. All of a sudden, the water didn't know where to stop. The earth didn't know where to begin. And things were, were out of place. The heavens were kind of coming down on the earth. The earth was coming up into the heavens. There wasn't a, a, an ability to see the order that things were supposed to be created according to. And then without a void, literally talks about chaos. Chaos. There was just chaos. Have you ever been around a family that doesn't know God? Chaos. You're like, oh, dang. Look like Medea threw up on some people in here. It's just chaos everywhere. And darkness. I, I want you to recognize, and let, let me just kind of take you. Biblical scholars, some biblical scholars believe that between chapter 1 of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and between there and verse 2, and the earth was without form, void in darkness, that little space right there is where Satan fell. Satan was cast down to earth. God had created the heavens and the earth. Satan's cast down. Now all of a sudden, this creation that God created is now in destruction. So what does God do? What does God do? Then God said. What did God say? Anyone? Let there be. It's on the screen in front of you. If y'all, come on now. <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. 
Then God said, let there, everyone say it, let there be light. See, he wasn't creating the sun. The sun isn't created until verse 14. What he's creating is wisdom, knowledge, understanding. He is bringing from the darkness, he's breaking darkness up by bringing light and wisdom. This young man found himself where he had great light, all of a sudden turned away from the light and started taking counsel from that which was void, that which was formless, and that which was in chaos. You know, when we take information from the wrong source, our life ends up looking just like that. God's presence is there, but our life is void, formless, and chaotic. Hey, I've hung out with some of y'all. In fact, some of y'all, you, call, you start walking in, I'm, I'll go greet at this door instead. Because y'all, y'all got so much drama, and you want me to play a character in that drama. And I ain't an actor. So you want me to act in your drama, you got to pay me. I ain't got time for that, for that drama. So... Nobody got time for that. (laughs) And so it's not enough that God speaks and light comes. But I need you to understand, after God speaks, he goes to work. It's not enough to speak to your situation. you got to work it. And so we're walking around. We're speaking it. We're speaking it. We're speaking it. But you never work it. So he changed his source. The second thing we see is he goes out and he gets the money, goes to a different country. And the brother, the word of God puts it this way. He spends all his money on wild living. You fill in the blank. You know what that means. In fact, some of y'all last night, you know what that means. Some of y'all right now, you're trying to rub off the stamp from the club. And then, some, then if you're Christina, you got the wristband. <laughs> uh, what happens is he changes company. He starts hanging out with all these dudes, starts doing things that he wasn't raised to do. And you know, one of the things is you need a deeper high when you've been raised in church. You got to drink a couple more in order when you were raised in church. Why? We just dedicated a baby that those that are raised in the ways of the Lord, that when they are old, they will not depart from. It doesn't mean they never get off track, but you need a deeper high once you've experienced God. Because while you're getting high, you're like, oh, man, I know I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be, should be doing. should be doing that right. You know, this is really I really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. You know, girl, I really shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing this right now. I really shouldn't. And you're, you're in this deal where you know you shouldn't do it, but the Spirit of God is beginning to convict you, so you got to go deeper. That's why those that are raised in church are worse sinners than those that were raised in the world. Because you got to go deeper in order to get, try, try to drown out the Holy Spirit that is saying, uh, now you know this ain't right, girl. Come on, you were raised better than this. This isn't the way you're supposed to do things. Come on, you're better than this. (laughs) 
See, show me who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. You're, you're, who you hang out with. I could tell. We could tell who, who you're becoming by the people that you're hanging out with. You know, the people that, that Daniel hangs out with now are different than the ones that he hung out with when he was getting high. Right? Right? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. There's certain people that you know you get around them. It's on. That's why when there's certain people that when my daughter hangs out with them, I was like, are you sure you want to hang out with these folk? Doesn't mean they're bad people. I just know that they compromise more with certain individuals than you do with others. And so you got to recognize that it's one thing to be there to influence them, to reach them. It's another thing when you hang out with them and you become like them. When the salt starts tasting like that which it's supposed to preserve. Next thing I want you to notice is he does this. He ends up, because he's out there, a famine hits the land and he joins himself, the Bible says. He joins himself with an individual out there. That word joins himself literally means becomes glued to. Do you notice that there's people in your life that you need to get away from, but you just can't seem to? And it's one day, it's it, it's over. I'm done with that. I'm not going to hang out with them. We're not going to party no more. And then Friday night, Thursday night comes around. You're good. Friday night comes around. I'm good. Saturday night comes around. All of a sudden, you're looking at your clothes. Said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to watch Benny Hinn on TV. I'm going to watch uh, Joel Osteen. Next thing you know, you're there at the club with these folks all over again. Why? Because there's a glue. There's something that you're connected to. There's a soul tie that's being developed there. And if you've ever noticed anything that's been glued together, when you tear it apart, both items are destroyed as a result. When you rip two things that have been glued together, you notice there's going to be a little piece of them on you and a little of them on it. Both end up being damaged as a result. And this, this man, he finds himself in this situation. And so he co- connects with someone that doesn't even share his belief. And I want to share this with you as, as I kind of bring this down. Worship team, if you would help me. I want you to notice something, what takes place. A famine hits the land. I don't believe the famine hit the land because they were going through a tough time. Why? Because at his father's house, there was no famine. Where his dad lived, there was plenty. But when we who were created to be the influencers and to be the carriers of the kingdom find ourselves with famine inside of us, wherever we go, we end up bringing famine with us. Oh, you missed that. Totally missed that. Have you ever noticed that wherever you go, man, no one's friendly. Now, everyone got issues at that church. Changed churches. Everyone got issues at that church. Changed churches. Everyone got issues at that church. Changed churches. Everyone got issues at that church. Honey, get a clue. The issue might be you. There's issues everywhere. But I need you to understand something. 
He, he changed his belief system. His whole thought process began to change. And for a Jew, you couldn't even hang out with pigs. Now the brother's sleeping with them. Oh, you don't want me to go about sleeping with pigs. Y'all want me to go there? Yeah. Some of y'all are sleeping with some things you ain't got no business sleeping with. See, the problem isn't what you're doing, it's what you're thinking. Your belief system has changed. And so now you're doing things that you never thought I would do before. And now he's sitting with these pigs. He's hungry and he wants to eat. Even with the pigs have, his hair is matted with all this pig urine and pig feces. He, he's hanging out with these things as he's feeding them. His, his feet are all covered in mud and, and ju- his clothes are ripped apart. The, the nice Armani suit he had before is now tattered and torn apart. And it has all this stuff stuck on it. Because what he was on the inside is now manifesting itself on the outside. So he's chilling with these pigs. We do so much. We try to get people to, you know, hey, let's cut, cut, cut off the branch. You know, that'll stop the fruit from growing. Let's get rid of these apples. Cut the branch off. And that, it doesn't do anything. It just starts producing more apples. We keep trying to deal with the fruit rather than taking care of the root. In America, we medicate everything. Got a headache, take these. Got a backache, take this. What's causing my backache? Take two of these, and if it goes away, then call, you know, if it doesn't go away, then call me later. I came in because it bothers me. I don't need pills to cover up what's going on. I want to find out what's going on so I can fix it. Don't don't give me medication. Give me an answer. Now we do the same thing in the church. Let's just get through the issue. What's the issue? Okay, you know, just take two prayers and then call me in the morning. Now, let's deal with the issue that's causing the problem to begin with. The problem isn't you're sleeping around. It is a problem. Don't get me wrong. But the problem isn't sleeping around. Sleeping around is the fruit that there is problem with your root. There's an insecurity that you have that you feel like you have to sleep with people in order to feel like you are accepted or you're lonely and you're looking for someone to be a part of. But when I find that I am who I am in Christ, I'm not alone anymore. When I know who I am, I don't need someone else. You see, you can't change your mind. Minds don't change until you get to verse 17 of this story in Luke 15 where he finally came to a census. Folks, as the apostolic leader of CWC, as the father of this house, we need to come to our senses. 
listen. You're better than this. You're better than what you're experiencing right now. Take a look, a look, take a look around where you're at right now. In your marriage, in your personal life, in your finances, in your mind, in your depression. You're better than that. It wasn't until he finally came to his senses. He's sitting there and he's looking around. He got pigs that he's sleeping with, pigs that he's hanging out with, things that were considered abominable, that thing that was a curse to his people, he's now sleeping with. He looks around and he says, wait, what the heck am I doing? Look at the way I'm living. I'm better than this. In my father's house. In my father's house. Even the servants have more than enough to eat. And so what religion does to us, it says this. Okay, I blew it. I messed up. I'm going to go back and I'm going to become a servant in my father's house. See, that's what religion does. But but, but relationship, what God's love for you doesn't say, no, I don't want you back as a servant. I'm going to bring you back in as a full son. I'm going to restore you 100%. I'm not going to put new tires on a busted up old hoopty. God doesn't just put a new coat of paint on you, throw some new rims and say, okay, you're a brand new thing. He recreates the whole thing. So I told you last week I was going to tell you how to change your mind. Simple. Just do the opposite of what the prodigal son did. How do I do that? Number one. Change your source of information. Change your source. The Word of God needs to be your source. And we're spending so much time, you know, what do you think? What do you think? How, how should I do this? And we're asking people that have no relationship with God to make dis- discerning spiritual decisions for you. That's stupid. You got to check the company you keep. Who are you hanging out with? Who are the people that are speaking, you are allowing to speak into your life? Not going to change your mind until you change your company. Now, if you're one of them friends, if you're one of those friends, I've been one of those friends before. Change your mind. Become the friend that brings encouragement, not, not that cloud of depression with you wherever you go. And lastly, number three, start a new belief system. You see, changing my mind means having a new perspective on life, seeing things from a different perspective. Doctor says I'm sick. Okay, it's an opportunity for God to be my healer. You're going through some financial CPA call. We got some financial things going on. Okay, it's a great opportunity for God to manifest himself as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Going through some marital issues right now. Okay, you know what? But now it just teaches me how to take God as love and become to express love to my spouse. 
Are, are you following me? We got to change our minds, folks. Aren't you tired of getting saved every week? I'm serious. Are you tired of getting saved every week? I appreciate you getting up. I love the Rocky analogy. Get up one more time. When are you going to stop falling down? When are we going to train? You kept getting hit and getting knocked down. There's something you're doing wrong. That's why the scripture doesn't say that the righteous, he that falls 29 times but gets up 30 is righteous. So he who falls seven times and gets up. Somewhere along the way, the righteous man stops and says, man, I'm doing it wrong. I got to keep my right up. I got to keep my left up and I got to duck that punch when it comes. You keep getting knocked out and you don't change your stance. Something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? You keep going to that same, hanging with that same person, ending up in the same situation. Something's wrong. If you keep doing the same thing and getting to the same place, something's wrong. If you find yourself not growing in your walk with God, there's something wrong. how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Some of y'all are about to go into your cocoon season. It's lonely. It's tough. Pretty dark sometimes too. Where's everyone? No one loves me. Stay in there. I want to come out. Stay in there. But I, I, I need to get out. It's too dark in here. Stay put. But I want to come out right now. We come out, you're only going to have one wing. You come out, you're going to be furry with this one little thing sticking out, and you're not going to get off the ground. Don't hurry the process. Don't hurry the process. Stay in there. Let the word transform you. So all of a sudden, when that time comes, and you start pushing out, and God says, all right, now start pushing. Now start getting out. Now start moving. All of a sudden, you make your head out, and all the light is there. You start moving your body through. It's like a new birthing that takes place. This thing is coming out. I want you to know, you're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. You're coming out. This is your season of coming out. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.